Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for The Expendables 4. You choose this life over friends, over family. My name is Kev, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geek-Centric. Now, much like the Expend Forbles cuts down on the number of big names they have in the cast, so too are we going with a smaller crew than normal. Joining me for today's show, he's got one-liners up the wazoo and slowly walks away from explosions like he doesn't even care. He kicks ass and fends off bad guys without even messing up his hair. It's Justin. What up, J-Law? Why, hello. How are you? Doing, doing all right. We, uh, we, 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 we saw something. We, we watched something. Um, we saw something. Yes. Yeah, and I'm not sure quite what it was meant to be. Had higher hopes, but uh, we, we definitely did watch something. Yes. Um, um, I mean, on that <laughs> note, today we are bringing the heavy firepower with our review of The Expendables 4. But don't worry, we won't get too trigger happy, as this review will be spoiler free. Before we fire up our machine gun-wielding motorcycle, let's talk about a group of people who are absolutely not expendable. We here at Geekcentric are fully behind the WGA and SAG-AFTRA as they strike to get the contracts they deserve. Recent talks have been promising, and we hope there's a resolution soon, but until there is, we will continue to show our support for the writers and creators that are the lifeblood and the true heart and soul behind all of the television and film content we love. Well, it's been nine long years since Barney, Christmas, Gunner, and Toll Road were seen on screen kicking ass, or for that matter, stabbing, shooting, or blowing up ass together. Reuniting as the team of elite mercenaries, Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren, Randy Couture, and Sylvester Stallone are joined for the first time by Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, Megan Fox, Tony Jaw, Eco Wise, Jacob Scipio, Levy Tran, and Andy Garcia. According to the official Expendables website, Armed with every weapon they can get their hands on and the skills to use them, the Expendables are the world's last line of defense and the team that gets called when all other options are off the table. But new team members with new styles and tactics are going to give new blood a whole new meaning. Shit. When the official website synopsis doesn't even bother to try describing the plot, you know you might be in trouble. Continuing the tradition of a new director for each film, the movie was helmed by Scott Waugh, based on a script by Kurt Wimmer... Tad Daggerhart, Max Adams, and Spencer Cohen. I'd like to give a super muscly, flexed bicep bro high five to our friends at Cineplex Pictures and Touchwood PR for giving us a chance to check out the action early to let you know if this explosive reunion is worth gearing up for or if this movie is itself expendable. All right, well, let's cock and lock our thoughts and jump right in like we're heading on a mission out the back of a plane. Uh, Let's start, Justin, uh, right off with what worked for you here. Um, well, you know, if, if we're talking about things that worked, there's, there's few, um, you know, and I think a lot of it extends from the, uh, nostalgia of the original three. Um, I did like seeing Sly and, and, uh, Jason Statham, you know, their bro, bro, buddy romance sort of take on effect where they love, hate each other. Um, I thought it was really funny and, and actually it, it sometimes I wish the movie focused 
more on it but in less in the way that it actually did if you know what i mean um yeah i think that like that's always served as, as a great sense of comedy it kind of is the the thing that binds the movies together is is this sort of brotherhood um and it is the thing that drove this movie and, and made it worthwhile and one of the reasons why i wanted to see it yeah they've they've definitely um found a great sort of chemistry um you know statham has uh just a great uh, rapport on screen with so many guys you know he does it with dwayne johnson uh which is why they got a movie together uh off the heels of the fast and furious franchise uh, here, you know, it's almost like they made this just so we could see Statham and, and Sly do their thing. Uh, even if the movie focuses a hell of a lot more on Statham, which uh, maybe we'll get into in a little bit more detail as we go on. Um, it's tough to talk about the cast and not complain a little. So maybe I'll save some of my thoughts on the cast outside sure. of those two for a little I later. But I will say one thing I really enjoyed about this film was that at least it returned to an R rating or 14A here in Canada, which meant we got... Some real blood and guts gore. The violence seemed a bit amped up from the third one. Uh, I think that really hurt the third one. Um, mm -hmm. But so yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say that you know the the use of excessive CGI blood squibs was uh, at least something to enjoy throughout the movie. To applaud, yes, and to be excited about, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the other thing too, and and one of the reasons why I really like these movies is seeing the pairing of of stars. Now, you, as you've mentioned, they went down with a very tailored crew. Like, there's there's not that many people that really carried over, or, or any even just new uh, big action stars. Uh, but that said, it, it was pretty cool to see Tony Jaw and Jason Statham, you know, together. Uh, on screen in a movie, right? Like that's those moments where it's like you're, you you got your two toys and you put them together in a in a story. You know what I mean? And they're both uh, you know renowned action stars, so it's it, that's really really cool. Um, I wish there was more of that. Again, uh, it, it, like you said before we started recording, this might be a bit more of a conflicting review because with every sort with with any sort of positive, there is an immediate negative that can that can go against it. And I think to your point, as you're talking about the cast and the negative, that's it. I, I think. For me, that's pretty much all the positives I have, and it really does hurt to say that uh, about it. But how, how about yourself? You, is there any other positives you got? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'll, you know, Tony Jaw is a lot of fun in this. Again, I just wish we had more. Um, exactly. Another thing exactly. that I wish we had more of that they did do in, in little pockets here. You know, there's a really fun tongue-in-cheek moment with Fifty Cent. Uh, and for me, that moment's very reminiscent of Arnold asking in number two, you know, who's next, Rambo? Uh, you know, because yeah. they just, these action stars keep coming out of nowhere. Uh, there's a great scene with yeah. Chuck Norris where he makes a Chuck Norris joke about, you know, joke. Oh, I heard, yeah, I yeah, heard the... you got bit by a cobra. Oh, yeah, yeah. And after five agonizing days, the cobra died. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. such a classic Chuck Norris joke. And so when they're poking fun at themselves, I think that's when this franchise is at its best, is when they can sort of look at how ridiculous some of these scenarios are and, and the idea of, like, 50 Cent in this, uh, you know, testosterone-fueled action franchise, and they, they find a really fun way to sort of poke fun at him. I wish they were able to do that more in this movie. Yeah, it wasn't as meta. For me, at least, it was always the meta qualities of calling out, you know, like having, you know, having Arnold say, I'll be back, but then Bruce Willis saying, you've been back too many times, I'll be back, and then he says, yippee ki -yay. Like, you know, those super meta qualities make it a lot more fun and allow you as an audience member to not 
necessarily take it so seriously and to realize what what this really is. It's a celebration of of these these actors who have shaped what action movies look like, like mindless action movies. And, you know, some a lot of those previous movies felt very 90s inspired. Uh, you know, in, in in a lot of ways and in, in how they handled action and the threats and the sort of ex-military aspect and the sort of buddy cop humor. And, you know, it had all sorts of things mixed into it. So I think I don't think that this movie had very much of that other than a couple couple lines here and there. And I think I think it just tried to really push it in a very more serious, not serious, but like it didn't have fun with that that notion as much right it 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 kind of abandoned it in, in a lot of ways and i think maybe one of the issues is they've kind of run out of that 80s star power and i mean you know like you said it's great to have sly and statham and dolph lundgren's back and randy yeah. couture who like isn't really an action star outside of this franchise but at least he's been in all four so we know him right. for these movies but like we're we're missing Terry Crews. We're missing mm-hmm. Jet Li. We're missing you know later additions in the form of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis and Chuck Norris and Wesley Snipes, John Claude Van Damme. Like the, you know, we're just kind of missing that, that star sort of power. power. Yeah, and like yeah, yeah, the new yeah. cast members here are fine. Particularly, I thought Jake, uh, Jacob Scipio uh, playing the son of Antonio Banderas. There's another one I didn't mention yeah. in the list of people. Yeah, like, yeah. he's great. He's a lot of fun. But at the same time, it's like. Who the hell is this guy? Like, even Liam Hemsworth had Hunger Games to sort of have yeah. some name recognition when some he was sort in the of second. Clout. Yeah. He, like, <laughs> yeah. Jacob Sidney, I was so surprised nobody. he was like, in it. Yeah. He's nobody. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. And you're absolutely right. Huge shout out to, to Jacob. Uh, he was hilarious. He was also vicious. Uh, he was another huge positive to. Uh, to the the uh, the movie um but you're right it didn't have that 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 star power which just begs the question of why do a number four yeah well, like, you know what I mean? we're nine like, years like, later 13 years from the first is there even a reason to do this it didn't seem like they had one it didn't it didn't seem like it like even to have eco in this in this movie along with with tony jaw the, the idea that both of them represent uh, even just like how Jet Li, you know, sort of that East Asian action superstar power. That was really cool. Maybe have a little bit more of that. Help celebrate a little bit more on that global front. Here's a huge name uh, you of, could bring of, in. Jackie Chan, right in that vein. He's exactly. the one, like, yep. sort of action star that has that sort of name. He could be a Chuck Norris sort of, like, yeah, kind of character. Yeah, he doesn't have to do flipping just, through windows yeah. and stunts that'll almost kill yeah. him like he used to. But he can but have, he fun, can with have fun with it. He can have yeah. fun with it, right? So, you know, like, and I, I love seeing Chuck Norris in, in too, right? And I love seeing Jean-Claude Van Damme. So, yeah, it, it, again, all of this to say that there wasn't enough of, um, uh, enough of that, that sort of multi-layer acting uh diversity from from the sense of the star power that really drove the first three expendables featured in this one which just i wonder like why why bring this back in theaters too like just in theaters like i would have if this was the expendables for i would have just pushed this to streaming right uh absolutely it's it very much felt like a, a direct to dvd action film rather than this theatrical blockbuster release yeah. uh and that you mentioned eco wisey who you know, is great in the small role they give him, but it's it wasn't the right role. His strengths it are in amazing choreographed fight scenes, and that's not what they asked him to do here. And that was, I think, one of the other big problems missing from this movie is there wasn't a legitimate scene-stealing bad guy. 
They do try maybe towards the end, but it's too little too late at that point. Um, like you don't have your Eric Roberts, who's like a notorious dickhead from 80s movies. Yes. John Claude Van Damme, yes. it was fun to see him play a villain. Awesome. And then Mel Gibson, awesome. fresh off the heels of being a real-life asshole, comes in and plays one in a movie. So it's like, yeah, it's fun to root against him. Like, they, all three of those first movies have a bad guy you wanted to root against. Whereas, like, here I'm like, I want to see this bad guy do something. I'm, like, almost rooting for him to get in the action. And I think had they given him that chance to, to speak less and to fight more and, and come off as this, like, real threat to the Expendables where, like, maybe he's killing guys left, right, and center. He's putting them legitimately at a threat. It would have been so much more satisfying as we got to the climax with his character you know, and instead it just all felt a bit flat. They needed some some big personality to sort of carry what was a very thin, illogical plot, you know, and that I think hurt it. Yeah, that's that is well said. That that thin plot is definitely one of the biggest negatives to this movie. Partway through the movie, I kind of looked over to you and, you know, gave you my early suspicion as to what was going to happen and I think that was cooler than what we it got. It would have been way better uh, than what it, we got. It, but, but it was crazy how right after I said that to you, I started to see, and then I was like, oh, this is a threat. And it really amassed to nothing. It was really worthless. Um, and what it ended up being was just such a... It was just disappointing, right? It just added to the whole idea of like, this feels direct to DVD and not worth a theater experience. All power to the, the studios for putting this in theaters, but theater goers are evaluating what's, what is worth it and what it's not. And I think even more so now, given a post-pandemic lifestyle, right? Like how much you're going to the movie theaters and with streaming having such a, an open platform for movies to get sort of seen quickly, I, I feel like this could have been a movie that played better there than in theaters uh and and, and it's it's almost being in theaters is going to hurt this movie more than if they just went to streaming if that makes sense yeah like i just i think this movie needed to be awesome and get a great early word of mouth because the poster and the names on that poster i don't think are enough to just put butts in seats nobody's going to spend 20 bucks to see an action movie with the names curtis jackson and Megan Fox on it. And again, that's nothing to say anything about their performances in the movie. I really, there's so much like actual negative shit I can say about it that I'm not going to nitpick the limited roles they were given and the limited, you know, scripts they were given to well, work it's limited with. material. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And like, speaking of limiting, like there's a situation where most of the cast is prevented from doing anything action related for like the entire middle chunk of the movie. And so you basically just have Jason Statham doing action shit. And it's so it's like more like the expendable than it is the expendables. I found that such an odd choice that in an action movie based on like a group fighting together, you limited that for like half of the movie um, while also limiting the the scope of the film and and the, the you know the scale of it considering it's all, most of it takes place in one location um, and that again like got a little repetitive this this the hallways all start to look the same the the rooms all start to look the same they have like three different shootouts in the same control room of this ship like it's just it just didn't feel as big and broad and there weren't five helicopters shooting at each other in the skies and 10 tanks blowing each other up. It was it was a bunch of people with guns shooting at each other and like it just was so small compared to the first three. 
Exactly. The scale of it was so small. It's like, why put this in theaters? Right. The scale for the other three movies before it was was at least justifiable as to why. And like you said, you had names in that that represented iconic action superstars from different generations. Right. And what was great about three is that they were still able to incorporate a next generation with some no names, but still give this idea that it's not all just about you know, just those those veterans like the Wesley Snipes, like who shows up at the beginning of three, which is awesome. Um, so, like, again, I, I just I don't I don't really understand why this was pushed to theaters. I don't think it's I don't think it was really worth it. And I, I don't know. It's just it, as someone who's a fan of the franchise, like I like bad movies. I, I you know, sometimes I, I, I appreciate them for what they are. And I'm not saying the previous three movies are great or bad they're they're okay for and each in varying degrees but to your point is what you said there's there's a lot more effort in those movies than there seems to be in this fourth movie you know as you said nine years later yeah or, and, or, and or, yeah nine, nine years nine later years. how did how did this movie have four writers four yeah. writers it took like come yeah. on like this yeah. movie is an argument for ai if anything and we are we are constantly <laughs> against that so like that's that's not a good thing that's awful. <laughs> um and you know speaking of the tagline for this movie is they'll die when they're ready well i think we are ready um so why don't we move to our ratings and wrap this sucker up in a body bag Today, we'll be going on a score of one to five bloody CGI bullet squibs. Uh, and also, just when you're giving your score, I'd love to know where this ranks in the Expendable series, even if you want to do a really quick explanation-free rundown of how you'd rank all four, because I know you did a recent rewatch. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like if I were to go from best to worst, um, I think I would probably put num number one up there. Um, just because it, it really did kick things off. It's again, it's, it's, it's not perfect, but I just mean the idea of introducing this action star, superstar, uh, mixed bag story that was very meta. Uh, it was cool. Followed by number two, which, you know, took it a little bit further. Um, so I think those both would kind of be a tie for me. Uh, three is, is, is definitely third. And then I think the worst is is four. Unfortunately, this movie did not uh, meet my expectations of of what I thought Expendables four would look like. Um, granted, I didn't know what to expect. I was expecting more cameos. Like I thought, like based like you said, like the poster with the names. It's like okay, it's an interesting dynamic of characters. I, I'm interested to see what they will do. Um, I was hoping for more cameos, more star power, more of more purpose for even the characters that were in that that story. Uh, I think, like you said, there, a lot of them were written very generic, um, which I, I guess is part and parcel with what to expect with the, these expendable movies. They're kind of written to a sort of um, uh, a sort of pre-existing genre type. It just they, it didn't really it didn't really add anything. And again, as we were talking, what was the value of putting this movie in theaters? I just I couldn't see it. Um, it didn't have that that power. The story was was awful. The threat was was silly. Um, if anything, I would have rather this just been a Jason Statham and Sly Stone uh, movie rather than anyone else. And maybe you have Dolph and, and Randy as sort of the, the guys who are trying to get them back and work and they don't want to do it. I don't know. There's could have been a, a really, a really different way they could have done it. Um, but yeah, I'm giving this one a, a, a 2.5 out of 5. Yeah, this movie is not an Expendables movie. It is a forgettable movie. 
A hundred percent. I, I think we harped on on the movie uh, more than enough during the review because as as much as we hate to just sit down and shit on something, sometimes you don't have a choice. And I just think it is, like you said, the wasted opportunity here. If you're going to come back all this time later, you either have to go bigger and better than you've ever gone before or go completely different. And instead, this was just a rehash of everything we've seen in the first movies, but to a lesser scale. And like you said... It's a lesser scale, and and even the the new stars that they bring in again, they're serviceable. They do what they're you know they do whatever they're asked, but they weren't asked to do enough, and it wasn't tailored to them specifically. Like you know, when you bring in a guy like Terry Crews, it's so he can wield the biggest friggin' gun you've ever seen, and when you bring in a guy like you know Arnold, it's it's to deliver one liners and and you know. Harrison Ford comes in and he's an old grumpy bastard who doesn't want to be there. Like, there's another huge name that like is just missing from this movie, and and again, the ones that they do bring in are just ah, they're just wasted. It's a barely passable action film, uh, and it's instantly forgettable, and it just severely lacks the things that made those first three films work. Um, you know, at least more so than this one did, you know, we, namely it's big name action stars, a fun to hate villain, and then a sense of humor meant to poke fun at vintage action films while also serving as a love letter to them. This instead is almost like an attempted love letter to the previous better Expendables movies, but without half of the original cast and half of the star power that carried those other movies. Uh, you know, again, you know, you don't go into a movie called The Expendables 4 when there's a four in the friggin' title instead of an A, and expect much. You just don't. But, but even this managed to disappoint on that, so I'm right with you. This is getting a, a paltry 2.5 out of 5 bloody CGI bullet squibs. And it's and it's not like I'd give the, the first three uh, Expendables, any of them, a 4.5 or even a 4, maybe. Yeah. But I enjoyed them yeah, all the more than this. Yeah, the is a 3, honestly. Yeah, probably. <laughs> maybe a 3.5 for 2, only 3. because 5, it yes. had... That freaking star power up the wazoo. Like, when they're literally yeah. making a joke, who the hell is next? You know this movie is loaded. Um, and at least in two, they were still doing the the, the, the silly over-the-top violence. I would probably rank it Expendables 2, Expendables 1. Man, I was hoping this would be ex better than Expendables 3, uh, but it wasn't. Uh, so that's my really quick just like, oh, man. Uh, they saved the worst for last. Thanks a lot for that, guys. Well, that is it for this review of The Expendables 4. The film explodes onto screens this Friday, September 22nd. Once again, a huge thanks to our friends at Cineplex Pictures and Touchwood PR for the early screening so we could get this review to you early and let you know if this movie will blow your minds or if it just plain blows. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed. And if you did, don't forget to shoot, stab, or punch those subscribe buttons wherever you listen to podcasts if you haven't already. We can't wait to hear your thoughts on this latest entry into the Expendables franchise, and we're super curious to know where you'd rank it amongst the four movies. Uh, please let us know by writing into wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that feels a little too direct to DVD for you and you miss the good old days of theatrical action movie blockbusters, hit us up on our socials. You can do that on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram, TikTok, and threads at WeAreGeekcentric. 
Uh, this review pretty much puts a bullet in our hot geek summer, but we are heading into the fall with a ton of content, including our recent spoiler-free reviews for Season 2 of I Am Groot and Episodes 1 to 8 of Only Murders in the Building Season 3. We also recently recapped our experience at Fan Expo Toronto and shared what we considered to be the most exciting news emanating from this year's D23. Plus, our watch club for Disney Plus's sensation Ahsoka is well underway with Episode 6 coming your way tomorrow. And finally, be sure to check out the plethora of incredible interviews we've had the absolute pleasure to conduct this year with some of our favorite actors, writers, directors, and showrunners. Those are available wherever you listen to podcasts and on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash geekcentric. But until next time, Justin, thanks for shooting the shit with me. And as we say, get home safe, guys. Peace. Peace.